Uh, Brian, I got my hair cut. Uh, how long has it been? One and a half years? Yeah, about two years of growth. How does it feel? For me, I just get an afro, you know? So it's nice when I go from long to short because I feel like I don't need to dry my hair anymore after the shower. There's just like lots of really practical day-to-day tips. Maybe it's a little bit colder, you know, when you go outside and there's a breeze. Oh, yeah. Saving lots of money on shampoo. Towels a lot less wet by the time I'm done drying off. Uh-huh. Uh, my cowlicks are coming back hardcore. Oh, boy, they are free. They are set loose. I forgot I had them. They didn't forget, though. <laughs> Welcome to episode 417 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Marshall Bach. Welcome back for another episode. Brian, how you doing? I am a little sleepy. I'm not going to lie to you, Marshall. I was about to say I'm good. You know, I was reading a funny tweet today. It might have been Dan Petty. He was like, an interaction I had today. Went to the doctor's office. Doctor says, hey, how's it going? I said, great. How are you? They said, great. How are you feeling? And I said, well, I feel like I'm about to die. (laughs) So I feel like you and I almost had that. How's it going? I'm tired. (laughs) No, it's the social contract. You have to say fine or good. Yeah. Great. How are you? Great. Just fine. And then you have to look for the dead stare in their eyes. And then you can say, how are you really doing? How are you actually? Mm-hmm. What's that? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm okay. How are you? Uh, better than you, sounds like. <laughs> just fine. Just fine. <laughs> all right. Well, we got a stacked outline first of all. Thank you to Play. Play is the first native iOS design tool, and it's in the App Store. Marshall. Yeah. It's, it's there in the App Store, ready for people. It is a tool for product teams to experience their design as they create it directly on device while taking full advantage of native iOS features that no other design or prototyping tool has. And this is really cool, Marshall. The first 25 people to go to the show notes and click the invite link are going to get into the app. First 25 people. So you can get the app on the App Store, but then to get in, you need to click the link. So shout out to Play. Open the show notes, click the link. If you're in the lucky 25, have fun. It's beautiful. Thanks, Play. Huge shout out to Plume. You've heard us talk about them. They're empowering a billion smart devices at home and in small businesses with a suite of adaptive Wi-Fi, AI security, and parental control tools. And Marshall, holy shit, in the last week, they have raised $300 million more dollars. Wow. And they've actually, we need to update our number. They've passed 1.2 billion managed devices in 35 million homes, and they are hiring product designers. So if you want to hop on this rocket ship, go to designdetails.fm slash plume to learn more about the job. Thank you, Plume, and congrats on the 300 big ones. Yeah. Is that what we call big? Is, is a million a big one these days? Sure. All right, 300 big ones. Thanks, Plume. Last but not least, shout out to Simply. Simply builds design, version control, and developer handoff tools to help teams collaborate on their screen designs. You can learn more about their design-to-development plugins for all the major design tools, including a version control app for Sketch at simply.io. That's S-Y-M-P-L-I dot I-O. Simply. Thank you, Simply. Thanks, Simply. All right. We got some new VIPs, very important pixels. Stacked list. Yeah, big list today. All right. Shout outs to Foxfire 720. This is a return VIP. I noticed uh, Foxfire supported for a long time, dipped out, dipped back in. I got that email notification said, hey, so welcome back, Foxfire 720. Back on the wagon or off the wagon, whichever one. Back in the fam, yeah. let's say that. So you swapped your adjacency to the wagon. Mm-hmm. 
Continuing, shout-outs to Lucas Thayer, Bjarke Stein Ferguson, Cho, Curtis Winnesdorfer, Antonio, Drian Hillman, Jenna Barth, Mason Hahn, Sam Stevenson, Trevor Harris, Annika Ganson, Yuan Zhuang, Brett Benson, and Solveig Engevold Gostad. Woo! Wow. Quite a few folks. Welcome. So thanks, everybody. Welcome to the fam. Welcome to the fam. Be sure to catch your first sidebar today. If you didn't know, we are a listener-supported podcast, which means that every week people come together on Patreon and make this podcast possible. It's at patreon.com slash design details. If you go there, you can sign up where for just a buck a month. Just a buck a month. Just a buck a month, you get access to bonus episodes every single week. Supporters get a second episode called The Sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. The sidebar is just that. An extra listener question, an extra deep dive into to something cool in the design world. And today is no different. Today we're talking all about the Pixel 6 event and everything coming out of Google HQ last week. So if you want to hear us talk about Pixel 6 and all the crazy software updates that Google is making, be sure to head to patreon.com slash design details and sign up for the sidebar. It's just a buck a month. It's just a buck a month. All right. Continuing on. Marshall. I wrote down any MacBook Pro follow-up now that people are getting them. We're seeing YouTube videos, reviews, and yours gets in tomorrow. Anything else we need to note that you've learned in the last week? Yeah, well, I'm very anxiously awaiting its arrival. But in seeing it in YouTube videos, it's a chonkier boy than I expected. Like the, It is very square. Yeah. Very square. It fills the volume of that rectangular prism pretty mm-hmm. fully. Right. There's no illusion of thinner edges or anything. They're not trying to pull any smoke and mirrors. This is mm-hmm. just, it's a chonky boy. It's thick because it's got batteries and stuff in it that makes it go fast and good. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like my computer thick and functional. The other thing I noticed is the feet in all the marketing shots look really pronounced. And seeing the the first review videos, the feet look very subdued and minimal. So I don't know. I think there's an optical illusion happening here. Yeah, it stood out so much to me. I mean, we had a whole section on it in the previous sidebar. So Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you. You'll have, have the computer in hand at the time this audio has aired. Yes, I'm hoping to edit this very episode on that machine. Ooh. So Ooh. we'll see. All right. One more little bit of follow-up. We got a tweet last week from Sushovan Das, who tweeted, Thanks for this episode. Was about to write down snippets of it and share them with my team. I was wondering if transcriptions of this episode exist. I remember you guys talking about starting transcriptions a while back. Didn't know if they got discontinued. So thought I would just do a little bit of follow-up on the transcription thing because you're right. We did do these for a little while, maybe a handful of episodes, and they were all on GitHub. And there were some people who actually jumped in and helped us edit these transcripts, and it was really helpful. But ultimately, we stopped. And actually, it's interesting. This is the first time we've sort of heard from somebody after we've stopped the process, which to me indicates lack of i guess product market fit like maybe it wasn't that useful but also it's just really really hard to get good transcripts like even with the script where we were bouncing out the text it required so much editing just tons of typos and and grammatical errors and we mentioned so many product names and specific design terminology that if the transcript doesn't pick that up just correctly and and guesses some other word it's a kind of pain in the ass to to go back and fix so anyways 
sorry for the inconvenience, but yeah, no, no transcripts right now. Maybe in the future if we ever have bandwidth, but it's just not happening right now. Yeah, the first couple episodes, we had people doing a pass on the transcripts, which made them readable. They were fixing all of those things, but I think that dropped off pretty quickly, and just the raw transcripts aren't super great to read, so... Yeah. 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 Okay. Last little bit of follow-up. I just wanted to mention, so everybody knows, we do take listener questions on our GitHub repo. And every now and again, we kind of declare issue bankruptcy. So right now, the design details repo is sitting at 38 issues. And a lot of them are very old. Some of them are uh, getting close to a year old at this point. The first one dates back to January. So I think we did this around this time last year, which is we're just going to declare issue bankruptcy. We're just going to clear them all out. So 38, we'll close them out. Not that any of them were invalid questions or things we didn't want to talk about. It's more just every week, you know, we get a chance to talk about one or sometimes two, but usually one. And then we don't do listener questions every week. So sometimes these things just get stale. So if anybody wants to reopen issues, please feel free to do that. Otherwise, if you have new questions for, you know, going into Q4 2021, please head over to our, our repo link in the show notes github.com slash design details slash design details and open an issue and we'll start from a clean slate cool okay so marshall i was thinking today what what happened to fig bits like i was thinking about side projects because i've been working on my website for a lot quite a lot in the last few weeks it's like damn i cannot wait to get this thing shipped then i started thinking about shipping side projects that reminded me of our episode where we talked about talking about side projects I was like, damn, Figbits, what's the latest there? So I was wondering, <laughs> did we jinx it? Did we jinx the project by talking about it here on the show? <laughs> uh, yeah, the prophecy came to pass, Brian. Uh, mm-hmm. What was foretold has come true. Yeah, we talked about this exact thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lost a lot of motivation after I shared it with people. That's what I was scared of. It's like, yep. I showed it to too many people and I got enough dopamine that now it's just going to be, it's a lot of inertia. Plus I had some time away from it. There's a lot of reasons for it, which we can get into if you want to. But yeah, haven't made as much progress on that as I would have liked to by now. Yeah. So what happened? I'm curious tactically with, you know, actual work on the project, but then even psychologically digging in a little bit more. I think this, this dopamine hit of telling people that you're going to do something and then having that cause you to lose motivation it's really interesting and I feel like something worth trying to fix. Yeah, okay. So maybe I'll mix it, a little bit of both, <laughs> the psychological okay. and the, the real-world influences. So um, I started FigBits right as Perf, my like, performance review, and I, I was going up for a promotion right as that was ramping up. And I wanted to do anything but that, basically, right? Like that, I knew it was a lot uh-huh. of work, and I didn't want to do that, so... I worked on Figbits as a way to procrastinate from doing the real thing that I really needed to actually be doing. But eventually, I had to do that stuff, and I did it. And then Figbits, by that time, we had talked about it on the show, and I'd shown it to several people, and I didn't have the same motivation going back to it because I already talked about it so much. So, um, mm. yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. So what are you going to do? What's your plan? Well, okay, here's, here's how I think this works in my brain, and maybe other people are like me. So I never procrastinate on the second most important thing I should be working on. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Say more. Okay, so usually the number one thing I know I need to be working on feels so big and difficult to take on that 
it's easier to start looking around and go, okay, what are other things I also need to be doing, but aren't as steep of a mountain to climb as that thing? And so for a while, that was that was Figbits. And now that Perf is over, Figbits is the biggest mountain that I need to climb right now. And that's the thing that's looking daunting and huge. So I've fallen back <laughs> uh-huh. to the thing that was right before that, which was less work-related, which was I got this brand new gaming computer and some games that I want to play. And that's kind of sitting there, but like, I don't know. I, I just felt really guilty about not having time to play games and doing work stuff. So like now that I have the free time back and Figbits is the biggest thing, now I find myself being drawn to play games on my new gaming computer, right? Mm-hmm. So it's always this kind of cascade of I'm drawn to the thing that is important, but not the most important thing to do. And a trick that I've found is to just introduce a new most important thing on top of the number one thing before, (laughs) Uh make number one the new number two, and then the new number two becomes a lot easier to do than when it was a number one. Does that make sense? Right. Anyways, that's kind of where I'm at. Okay, so right now, number one is Figbits. Number two is playing games. So you need a new number one so that Figbits becomes a number two. Basically, yeah. All right. What's number one going to be? Your new number one. I don't know. (laughs) I think this is interesting. Also, just the tension here between you're feeling stressed wanting to play games, which is presumably something that should be not stressful because you have this lingering project on your to-do list or you feel like, I don't know, maybe actually say more. How does that make you feel? The fact that you are playing games and you have this thing waiting on your attention, but maybe it's lost some of the shine now that you've shared so much of it publicly. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to allow yourself to enjoy your free time. So I'm happy that my brain wants to play games right now because I'm enjoying it, right? And I'm not having to like force myself into it. To be honest, the same thing can kind of happen with games. If I'm playing a big game and I get away from it for too long, it's really hard to get back into it. I'll just want to start a new game and like I'll Mm -hmm. never go back and play that thing ever again. So even like the fun stuff, even the things that I enjoy, Mm -hmm. maybe other people are like that. Are you like that? Yeah, I think I'm like that. Um, One thing I've learned about myself is that if the activation energy required to do anything important is too high, I will procrastinate the shit out of doing that thing. And this is particularly relevant in projects where I'm writing code. Like if I'm working on my personal website or building a Figma plugin or just tinkering, if it takes a long time to set up your environment, spin up the terminal, you know, start your database, start the web server, start the whatever watchers. Like, so for my current website, I have to run three terminal windows at the same time. It's kind of a lot. And I just realized I felt this every time where I was like, I want to work on this thing, but in order to start working on this thing, I have to go do all these other things. And I feel like it's those other things that really get in the way of making meaningful progress on a project. But, you know, it's not even about side projects even. It's about, for me, writing as well. Like the more steps that I have to go through to publish a blog post, the less I want to write. Or the harder it is to deploy my website, the less time I want to spend tweaking it and playing with it. And so I feel like, at least for me, part of my process has become, how do I eliminate or automate as much of the activation process as possible? So for example, with the tinkering on my personal website part, I've got it down pretty good where all I have to do is push code to the Git repo and that triggers a bunch of processes to run tests and then deploy it 
alias it to my website. So I can, I can go from a push to being live within a couple of minutes. And, and that, that level of automation made me want to work on the thing more. Or for example, in, in my current redesign where I have to have those three terminal windows open, I realized there's a way to like preserve that window state where you have three open terminals so that you can just launch all three of them at once with one command. And even that has made a huge difference, right? Like took three things, made it one thing, and now it just feels so much more approachable to jump in and start doing work. So I don't know. I feel like bringing it back to Figbits, like Figbits, you have a lot going on with, uh, I, I know you have like a huge notes database of, of things to do, but even when you get into the video, you have the screen recording portion, you have the video portion. I imagine there's like a, a bouncing portion. You have the voiceover portion, which requires a script. So you have so many steps that have to all come together to make a single video. So I can imagine that activation energy would be very daunting. Yeah, you nailed it, man. Yeah, that's and that's kind of where I'm <laughs> stuck is like, yeah. I think I stopped at a, a bad place or like, you know, I, I left off at a point where I know I need to go back and update some of the existing stuff that I've done, which there's some inertia there. I, I call this like project inertia, like it doesn't want to move. I have to get back into those files or remember how I set it up, reacquaint myself with that stuff to make just a few changes. Like ugh, I have to, you know, a big steep ramp up just to do a couple things seems like a waste of effort. Right. And on the other side, it's like, oh, I got to start these new episodes from scratch or like I have a script, but I haven't recorded the audio. I need to go through that whole process, plus the screen recording, plus creating the Figma file to show off the thing. Right. Yeah. Like you said, there's so many steps involved and there's just a ton of inertia there. It's a big boulder. <laughs> it's going to be hard to start pushing. But like you said, I think the biggest thing is to and everybody says this, just fucking start. Just start doing it. And you'll get into the details of it. You'll start thinking like, okay, let's do this thing. Where was I? Okay, yeah, I was doing this thing. And then, oh, wait, well, what if I do this? And like, ah, oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden you're into it, right? And hours pass. Yeah. And now you're, <laughs> now you got the thing done and you're on to the next thing or whatever. Once it starts moving, curiosity kicks in and will take you the rest of the way, right? Yep. Yeah, I understand that. What about, okay, what about batching things? Like I can imagine the fact that you have to do so many things to create one video makes it feel really overwhelming, but I could imagine it maybe feels less overwhelming to like create three scripts back to back, record three audios back to back, do three Figma files back to back. Have you thought about batching in that way or... or trying different approaches instead of doing all of the disparate tasks per video and then do one video at a time. That feels like a lot. Have you tried other ways? Yeah, that's my plan is, and that's how I've been doing it kind of so far is I have several scripts written. I've recorded two of them, taken both of those all the way through the process. One is like an introduction that has a bunch of motion graphics. So it's kind of a one-off, but the other is a real episode with a screen recording of a Figma desktop window with a voiceover and a <laughs> cursor moving around and stuff. Yeah, I, I I know all the steps now that I've gone through and done it once. I know all the steps that I need to take. So then now, yeah, I can, I can go through and batch those things. I've already gone through and done a batch brain dump of all of the different topics I think I can talk about. So I just have a big long list of these things, mostly empty and I've gone through and picked a few of those and gone, okay, let me fill out a script or at least some some notes of the high points I want to hit and then fill that out into a script, do that for a few of those, then record a few, do the audio 
processing on all of those, take it all through and edit all this stuff. But yeah, batching will make my life a lot easier, especially if I can pump out like, you know, four in a weekend when I get good at this, if I get good at this. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to see if that would help and push the project forward. I guess then you just get into a point where like, how many do you need before you feel comfortable starting to release? Because you already have the one, right? I, I got to change a couple things on it, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me about that. Cause I, I've been working on my, my website. I've been rebuilding it, redesigning it. Everything is from scratch. I think I've been working on it for a month and a half now, which is the longest I've worked on this without releasing something. It's been very painful. And what I find is the closer I get to the finish line, the more things I want to add on to the current scope plate, right? Mm. Like, okay, well it's been a month and a half. So I've like been building it up. I've been doing so much What's it to add one more feature? What's it to add one more round of polish? What's it to add one more code refactor? Or, you know, I, I just find myself wanting excuses maybe to not release because <laughs> it's already been so long. If I do a big reveal, do a big push, and I don't have all of these cool extra features in, then maybe I'll feel like I'm wasting the release moment, like I'm missing that. I will be missing eyes on all the cool ideas that I want to build later. Do you feel that same way? Do you feel like you need to keep adding and polishing and making more scope because you just have the one first impression? Or is it something else? Yeah, not so much iteration, not so much adding of things, just like responding to feedback more than anything of like people having good ideas and good suggestions and thinking, ah, oh, shit, yeah, you're right. Ugh, gosh, I really should go do that, huh? Okay. Yeah. What about uh, sharing some of the progress, work in progress publicly? You know, like you've talked about this on the show and I guess you've shown a few people the, the work in progress. But one thing that I've been doing is recording somewhat frequent Loom videos with little demos of what I built that day. And I found that process to be kind of motivating, even partly just the process of recording it. I'm like, damn, I kind of want to have this artifact for myself so that I can remember what it was like midway through the process. And then sometimes interesting ideas have come out of it. One of my recent Loom videos, well, I'll have links to all this in the show notes, but one of my recent Loom videos, somebody responded and was like, well, what if it worked this way? It's like, damn, that would be awesome. And so I just built that and like responded to the person on Twitter. It's so cool to like share the work in progress, get meaningful feedback and change things mid-cycle before it had ever launched. I don't know. Have you thought about doing anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I think my takeaway from this whole experience is I'm never telling anyone anything about what I'm working on ever again <laughs> okay, until so I'm done with it. You and I were the opposite. Okay. Yeah. And I think another thing I've learned is that I don't have like a performative, like I don't want to share my stuff publicly very much. Like, I don't know. I don't need to act it out live in front of everybody. I'd rather like they go see my exhibit at a museum when I'm not there. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think I understand what you mean. It's funny. I guess I'm not the same way. Maybe it's an ego thing. I don't know. Saying something is performative, I think, immediately sounds shallow. But I suppose, you know, sharing the work in progress of my... Well, of course, it's fucking ego. I'm redesigning my own website. Of course, it's ego. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. That's but a... yeah, sharing all the all the work in progress is is performative, right? Yeah, that's like, not the most uh, gracious word to use, but <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I mean, I think it's fair to grapple with ego when it comes to doing stuff like this. Well, I mean, I think it's just society. Like this is this is how we do it today. Like everybody's on a stage. Everybody's lives 
if you choose to participate in that thing, like so many people's personal lives are available online, not just the stuff that's going on in their life, but also what they're working on, you know, the stuff that we're talking about. It's pretty normal to do that. I just don't have that gene or whatever, or it doesn't feel comfortable for me to do it. I, I, like, I, I don't get the same yeah. reward from it. I feel like, yeah, we're we're either... We're split. You're either in a camp where you have a, like, you're the kind of person who would create a Substack newsletter, uh-huh. or you're the kind of person that never tweets ever, doesn't write publicly, doesn't give a shit about your online persona, just wants to do work and play video games and chill and have a life, you know? Yeah. You kind of just described me a little bit there. <laughs> well, yeah, you and I are on, on one of each. I think I'm more on the, <laughs> I, I want to have a newsletter kind of camp, which is, just a totally different way. And I don't know. I see everybody else creating newsletters and I'm like, damn, do I really want to be a part of that sort of sphere of conversation? But then it's kind of fun to do it on your own and you kind of have to ignore that everybody else is doing it if you actually enjoy the thing. So I don't know. I guess that's where I am. Here's an interesting data point though, is I used to be that way. Like I used to tweet a ton. I used to have a blog and I I think, you know, I got out of my system. Mm. I did that. I'm good. I don't get the same satisfaction from it that I used to. So maybe you'll grow, I don't know, grow out of it. Again, sounds like a really bad way to say it. Maybe you'll you'll change your feeling on it. <laughs> maybe like, I'll, I'll mature up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to uh, say, I don't know how to say any of this stuff without making it sound like I think I'm better than you in some way because I don't. No, no, no. Yeah. So first of all, I, I don't think that at all. Okay, good. Um, and I, I can understand how, how one might have a, not a maturation, but like, evolution different yeah let's call it evolution here's the thing i'll say though is i think most people go through that evolution and i think the deep sadness in that evolution is that what happens is the people with the most knowledge and the most useful things to say are the people who would rather be spending their weekends with their partners or with their families or out on a hike or watching movies or playing video games or relaxing So they're like, why the fuck would I write blog posts? But those are the people who have the most useful blog posts to be written. And so what's left is all the the stuff before that level of expertise, right? All the stuff left over is, I don't know, people like me who are still learning and probably blogging about a ton of dumb, naive shit that I'll look back on in a few years and just be like, wow, I can't believe I wrote that. But I think that's where we are with a lot of online content, or at least in this spirit where it's not quite the best, but people who are learning and growing and they're sharing lots of content, which I think is useful, but there is a huge void at the top because people just get good enough and mature enough and well-paid enough and senior enough in their career that they don't have to prove anything anymore. So the idea of running a blog, not that interesting. And there's, there's a few exceptions, right? There's maybe Elon Musk is an exception here. We're like at the pinnacle and still loves to talk shop and tweets about rocket science and stuff like that. But not many people are that way. Also, can we talk real quick about the irony of a guy on a podcast talking about how he's not performative? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's the thing. See, when we chat, I feel like I forget the microphones here and we're just like shooting the shit. Yeah, I mean, we were talking before this. We'll be talking after this. Just at a certain point, we hit record and stop. Yeah, but that's a good point. The podcast is... You are a content creator. You you are part of the creator economy, whether you like it or not, Marshall. I I hear people tell me every <laughs> once in a while, someone will tell me that they listen to the podcast and it is 
simultaneous, like very bittersweet thing of like, oh, I'm honored that you'd spend your time listening to my stupid thoughts. At the same time, I'm mortified that they're listening to me say these things because I don't know. I don't know if I agree with this in six months or whatever. We've talked about this before, but yeah, it's a scary thing. This is actually like very much outside my normal comfort zone of stuff that I would do. Like, mm-hmm. so I feel like I'm already at my limits of stuff that it, anyways, I, I don't like to think about it too much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing, <laughs> this is embarrassing to say, but I'll, I'll admit it. So one thing that I had to learn to change was I would meet people and they would say, Oh, I've, I've heard your podcast or I listened to your podcast and me having this inflated ego, I'd, I would say shit like, Oh, thanks. Or cool. Like glad, glad you listen. And what they weren't saying is that they enjoy the podcast or they love the podcast. So I ha- now I pay really close attention. People say, yeah, I've listened to your podcast. And so there's like no uh, value attribution there, right? They have just listened. They're stating a pretty neutral fact. And so all I respond with is like, oh, wild or cool. Or I have to follow up and say, what'd you think? Or like, was there anything interesting? Did you hear a good one? I don't know, like trying to get more out of it. But yeah, I used to say shit like, thanks. And then later realized, you know what? They might have just listened to an episode and thought it was really bad. And then Uh I I was saying thanks for that. Past tense. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, will it double prophecy this if we say Figbits are coming again? Yeah, they're coming. talking through this lit a little bit of a fire. I just, you know, a few people said they're looking forward to it. It's awesome. Didn't help. (laughs) Made it worse, maybe, uh, knowing that people are waiting for it. So I I think my my strat from here on out is just operate in silence, release when it's done. Trust a few people to show it to just for gut checks, but not for the dopamine hit and get the dopamine hit when it's done, done. All right. Hey, you know what? You know yourself, you know your strategy, so whatever works for you. Yeah, so if you're like me, learn from this uh, adventure I've put myself <laughs> mm-hmm. through. If you feel like you're you're you have tendencies like I'm talking mm-hmm. about, uh yeah, maybe take the quieter strat. Yeah, maybe this would be a fun poll. Let me try and figure out a way to word this into a poll. I think Twitter only gives you like 20 characters, but it would be something along the lines of do you build in silence and ship at the end? Or share as you go, share in public, you know, tweet work in progress, that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my hunch is that it is one of two camps. Yeah. Well, I guess there's got to be a third option here. I'm sure there's a spectrum. <laughs> otherwise, it will, otherwise, it will be only one of two. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a spectrum, hmm. but I think we represent the extremes of that spectrum. Yeah, maybe so. Okay. All right. Well, maybe a, a, a tweet poll. Go look out for it on Twitter, Design Details FM. Should we cool things it, Marshall? Yeah, what's your cool thing? My cool thing is something that I don't know will be cool yet, but it will have happened by the time this podcast airs, which is the next JS conference is coming. It is coming tomorrow, Tuesday, October 26th. It's the five-year anniversary of Next.js, which is a framework for making websites with React. And I'm really in love with Next.js. I Marshall, sometimes there's tools that come along that they give you so much leverage. They give you superpowers and they let you build things that you would have never otherwise been able to build. Or they abstract away so much complexity that you don't even have to think about how hard the thing would be to build from scratch. Anyways, maybe this is all tools, right? 
Next.js is one that particularly speaks to me though, because it's helped me make good websites, like fast websites, websites that behave in interesting ways across the server and the client with static generation, server-side rendering, like they have built the perfect abstractions for my brain that makes building websites really, really fun. So anyways, I don't know, maybe this is a slightly premature cool thing and and I'll want to follow up next week. But for people who are interested in building websites and learning React and haven't made the jump in, Next.js is one of those tools that truly gives you superpowers. It literally helps you build websites without having to do much of anything at all. You don't even really need to know that much React or that much JavaScript. They have so many examples to learn from. Really incredible onboarding and tutorials on their docs website. And so anyways, Marshall, I'm just hyped. I'm on their conference website. It starts in 12 hours and I'm excited. Awesome. They're saying cool stuff is coming. So my cool thing is preempting that they're telling the truth. Maybe we'll do a sidebar where you give us a full report. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do a follow up. Cool thing, Brian. Uh, my cool thing this week was going to be my cool thing last week. If you listened to the stinger from last week, I realized at the beginning of explaining this game that I had never talked about that other game, 12 Minutes. So this mm-hmm. was the game I was going to talk about last week. It's called Far Cry 6. It is obviously the sixth in a series of games called Far Cry. I played a little bit of 2, mostly 3 was where I came into the series. Went back and tried to play 2. It's a very difficult game. 3 was the one that hooked me. Voss is an amazing antagonist in a video game, probably one of the best. 4 was pretty good. 5 was okay. But I'm playing the 6th one. And it's always the same thing. It's like big map, a bunch of checkpoints, but the map is fucking huge. And there's there's things to do everywhere. I was watching an interview. One of the developers was talking about how Every 30 seconds, we want you to have one experience or another. And it's absolutely true. As you're, you, you pick a thing to go do, like, okay, I'm going to go a thousand meters that way and go do that thing. And along the way, as you're running there, like so many different things happen. You come across a hostage situation. You come across an animal that you might want to hunt. You come across a convoy of enemy trucks or whatever, or a tank or something. You come across a little outpost that has a chest that has some good stuff in it that you walk past. Like there's just a million things to do and and they put something in your way all the time to like keep it interesting. It's pretty amazing how they do it, but it's just been my kind of like fun time sink, clearing checkpoints and clicking on heads and looting. That's been a lot of fun. It's just like (laughs) Uh hitting E to loot on stuff and picking up metal Mm -hmm. and scraps and stuff. Yeah. Not the best use of my time, but I've been enjoying it. So Hey, you know what? you got to have some time you enjoy. That's nice. Oh, man. One of my favorite things to do is once you clear a checkpoint, you can choose to fast travel to it, right? And that's normal. Or you can choose to airdrop from above it, uh-huh. and you get a wingsuit very early on in the game. It's, a, it's kind of a staple of the series is you have a wingsuit and a parachute. So you can jump off of mountains and fly from one place to another. Super fun, very freeing, and that's how I do most of my traveling is just doing an airdrop and seeing as far as you can this huge island, huge map, all the mountains and terrain and everything, just wingsuiting, flying along, just hearing the wind buffet my ears. It's amazing. <laughs> it sounds like the Breath of the Wild a little bit. Uh, it's same vibes, yeah. With the, the hang glider and everything? Anyways, Far Cry 6. Check it Far out. Far Cry 6. 
Oh, uh, and the, and the villain in this one I forgot to mention is Giancarlo Esposito, Gus from Breaking Bad. Uh-huh. Very faithfully in, rendered. In, it looks just ju- like him. oh oh appearance as well as voice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean he's oh wow. It's him. He kind of plays the same bad guy and everything, but like it's a good bad guy. So yeah, what a good bad guy. All right, Giancarlo. Well, should we get out of here? Yeah. To the sidebar? To the sidebar, Marshall. To the, the sidebar, sidebar is calling. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, this has been episode 417 of the Design Details Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Tweet us, Design Details FM. If you are enjoying it, even if this is your first episode, consider supporting us on Patreon. The show doesn't stop. It goes on at patreon.com slash design details where supporters get access to a bonus episode every week called The Sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. Starts at just a buck a month. A buck a and month. you get those double episodes every single week. So at patreon.com slash design details. That's it. We'll see you over there or we'll catch you next week. Bye. find myself doing phantom head flips mm. or or like trying to put my hair behind my ear or something like earlier mm-hmm. right before we started this i went to put my headphones on and i leaned my head back so that i could get my headphones on and push my hair back don't need to do that anymore <laughs> don't need to do it anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. keep catching myself in reflections what the fuck oh right <laughs> oh who is that guy <laughs>